Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the weekend. Again, to me, it's morning, but to you, it's afternoon. In reality, it's afternoon. But, you know, I'm working nights, guys, so it is what it is. Um, What was on my mind? Last night, I went to the um, casino. Actually, this is the nicest casino that I've been in as far as watching sports um, because they're... um, and it's not roped off at all. So some of the ones, some of the casinos have nice sports books, but they rope off the best seats for some reason. Um, this is like um, a really nice sports book with a wall of TVs and really comfortable seating. And it's first come, first serve. You know, whoever wants to get a comfortable seat gets it. And it's not usually very crowded because it's in um, the middle of the Poconos, you know. It's more like a vacation area in the summer, Um, so not a lot of people go there. There's not a lot of pro sports going on in Mount Pocono, Pennsylvania. In any case, that's where I decided to watch the games last night, Um, the Phillies game and the Eagles game. I took a little action on the Eagles game. I think I mentioned that yesterday. Uh, The only thing I took was the um, uh, first half Texans plus eight, uh, and I hit on that one, so... Uh, I only bet it for 25 bucks, so I wasn't too worried about it, um, and it ended up winning anyway. Other than that, I actually had a couple beers, which is rare for me, and I watched the Phillies game, which, eh, I guess it started off competitive, you know, especially when Schwarber hit that home run that was just like a laser shot, um, but at the end of the day, um, Houston's pitching was just a little bit more than Philadelphia's pitching. I mean, it was close, but close was no cigar in this series, it looks like, because we're headed back to Houston, and I don't expect um, the Philadelphia Phillies to uh, to win this series. And then in the um, Eagles game, um, like I said, Houston got off to a nice start. I think it was tie at halftime, so I won that bet pretty easily. Um, but, you know, the Eagles are really good this year defensively, their schemes are really good. They get a lot of turnovers. Um, Offensively, um, they don't have a lot of um, sacks, it doesn't seem like. I mean, to me, it looks like Jalen Hurts has a lot of time to do what he wants when he's uh, moving around the pocket, you know? And it reminds me of Dak Prescott's rookie season when he looked really good because he had all sorts of time and he had a great running game, you know? And the Eagles' running game is good, too. I mean, they had a um, a fourth and two, I think, and they just did a regular handoff um, at the two-yard line, fourth and goal, and they ended up getting it easily. I mean, the guy looked like he was practically untouched. So the Eagles have this great offensive line. They got a solid defensive line. They have a great secondary you know, they have really good receivers, um, a good running game. I mean, the Eagles are surprisingly, you know, hearing myself say this, but they're probably the best team in football ahead of um, teams like, um, ah, I just had a total brain fart, Kansas City Chiefs. And for some reason, I can't think of um, that city up there, <laughs> you know. Uh, Buffalo, yes, Kansas City and Buffalo, to me at least, these are the teams that kind of scare you when you're playing them, you know? Tampa's not very good this year. 
Green Bay sucks this year, and nobody's really stepped up to fill that void other than the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, ESPN will try to make it sound like um, the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are decent this year, but I, I'm not really buying it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they don't put a scare into you. The Philadelphia Eagles just put a scare into you because they do everything well, you know? And by the way, they haven't lost a game, and they're almost halfway through the season. I mean, we don't have 16 games anymore. We have 17. But 8-0 is still pretty impressive no matter how you look at it, you know? So I watched that game. Um, I left at some point in the seventh inning or something like that. But I had a good time. Um, had some good conversations with people that were watching the games at the casino. Um, so that's what I did last night. And then today when I got on Twitter, I mean, I woke up kind of late today just because, you know, working overnights and such. But today when I got on Twitter, people were talking about two things, you know, who are the pirates going to protect in the rule five draft and who are they looking to draft in this upcoming draft? And then I realized that, you know, I'm searching for an identity here at the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast, you know? I started out a lot like the other podcasts, you know? Um, Calling the rebuild, looking at the prospects, you know? Also looking at the team, but focusing a lot on the prospects. That's how I started doing this podcast. And then, during the off-season last year, when they didn't sign anybody... I kind of turned against the Pirates and more into the, like, how they're not spending any money, how they're not trying to win. And then this year, when most of the minor league players um, regressed, you know, I've really gone into just exposing the Pirates for how bad they are, you know. But I don't know, like, where my identity is now, you know, as we head into the offseason. I want to look at the prospects that the Pirates could possibly draft. Now, the draft is so far away, and we still have the college season to go. Who cares, you know? I would like to look at um, the Rule 5 draft and who the Pirates might protect, but their minor leaguers have done so bad, I could only find four guys that they could, that I would protect, you know? Um, There is... There is one young guy, he's 20 years old, that you might think about protecting. But he's 20 years old. He has no double-A at bats, you know. I wouldn't protect that dude, you know. So the only guys that I would protect are um, Matt Gorski, um, Michael Burrows. Um, let's see, who else is um, protectable in this draft? Um, I would go Gorski. Burroughs. I would go with Nunez, who is an interesting dude. I mean, if you look at um, his age and how he did, you know, he's a pretty interesting minor leaguer. But man, it really says a lot about how bad the minor league system has been that we traded for a guy, Nunez, who's 21 years old. He wasn't good enough for the Cardinals. Uh, Well, they have Goldie anyway. I mean, they don't mind trading the guy, but he wasn't good enough for the Cardinals. And they already have, a, obviously, Arenado at third. But, you know, you'll throw a bone to the Pirates and, you know, Nunez. And I saw him play in double A. I mean, he's a nice player, you know. 
Um, they're probably going to try him at first base, even though he's short, you know. And he's a nice player, you know. Is he going to be an average major leaguer? I don't know. You know, I mean, most of the guys that the Pittsburgh Pirates have in the minor leagues project to be below average major league players. And I think I said this, the only guy that I picture being an above average major league player based on the production would be Andy Rodriguez, you know, Uh, hitting wise, you know, pitching is a little bit different, you know, I mean, you have talented pitchers like Quinn Priester and Michael Burrows, but you never know what's going to happen with injuries and such like that. But um, as far as hitters go, we don't really have any that really produce, you know, and it's been really disappointing in the Arizona Fall League. And these are things that I've touched on. And this is kind of where I'm coming from. Like, I don't have an identity as far as, you know, I started out a lot like the fanboy podcasts. And then when I realized what was going on here, as far as the sham that is the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, I've become more of like one of those sarcastic guys against the Pirates. You know, like Termar Johnson was basically the same draft pick as Nick Gonzalez. So if somebody says, hey, who are we going to draft this year? I say, well, let's draft another five foot seven middle infielder, you know, (laughs) because that's pretty much what we've been doing, you know. And Henry Davis, who's been extremely disappointing, you know. So I'd like to get excited about the Pittsburgh Pirates minor leagues and who they're going to draft and this and that. But I feel like I may have passed the point of no return when it comes to that, you know, when it comes to being like a rah-rah guy for the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know. So I don't know, man, you know. I think I just, the only thing I can do is just call it like it is and just keep doing my podcast based on how I feel in that particular moment, you know. And I've had some conversations with guys that I'm friends with, um, guys that are affiliated with Altoona and stuff like that that I've met over the course of the season. And yeah, we talk about it, you know. Mostly what I say to those guys is that I really don't care who they protect in the Rule 5 draft because there's no talent there anyway, you know. Like, let's say somebody picks up Tanaj Thomas. Does it really matter, you know? I mean, the guy has a 10 ERA in the Arizona Fall League, you know? Are you really losing much there, you know? And then none of the other guys have really, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess I would prefer if they don't lose Cody Bolton. But what is he? Is he just a guy that's going to come in for three innings and be like a piggyback guy for half a year and then he's going to be gone, you know? like guys we had on the team last year. I mean, nobody really sticks around with this team. There's no plan, you know, there's no accountability. It's just really hard to focus on what's going on. And it's funny because the same people, now that I've blocked on Twitter for quite a long time, but these same people still talk about the same guys as they did last year. CSN, blah, 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 you know, Cody Bolton. They even talk about Swaggerty and guys like that. It's like they're still basically talking the same thing. Um, They're just pretending that 2022 never happened, you know. And the only reason they lost 100 games was because the owner kept playing or the owner kept um, guys like Van, Van Meter on the team or whatever, you know. Or Yoshi a guy that they all wanted, you know, and then they didn't want after like one month of the season or even like three weeks of the season, you know. I mean, they loved Yoshi, you know. There were so many Yoshi memes, and every time I said something about Yoshi, 
um, sarcastically, you know, they would all freak out on me when he hit a home run and stuff like that. I mean, there was so much love for Yoshi and the Pirates fanboys, you know, it was crazy. And then there was so much hate for Yoshi six months later, you know. So, I mean, that just shows you the way the Pittsburgh Pirates go, you know, whatever way the wind blows. And that's just kind of how it is because they're not really building anything. They're not really keeping anything, you know. It really is just a hodgepodge. I mean, it was a really good word for it, you know, because things blow in, things blow out. Early in the season, you have some guys that you might think would be, like, good for the team. And then late in the season, those guys are gone, you know, or they're hurt or they're underperforming. I mean, I was thinking that there were building blocks with this team at one point. I think I put Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds as the building blocks, you know. But, I mean, it's become apparent that Brian Reynolds is going to be gone sooner than later. Um, Somebody, I think it was a fanboy or something like that, said that Brian Reynolds will be with this team three more years before he's gone. But they never do that, you know, because you got to pay him a lot in arbitration, number one. And number two, like, there's just so much buzz about trading someone, you know, every year that eventually they just do it, you know. Like, eventually they get enough offers where they just do it. And it seems to me like they're getting close to trading Brian Reynolds. And if you were thinking about building a team, and I suppose some of these moments that Ben Sherrington has when he's alone in his living room like I am right now, he's thinking about building a team. Or maybe even when he goes into his office, you know, he's thinking about building a team. Well, if you were thinking about building a team and you know that you're trading Brian Reynolds... You'd probably want to do it sooner rather than later because you'll know what prospects you're getting, you know. You'll know if you're getting a building block like the first baseman we got, Nunez, from the Cardinals, you know. I mean, you would hope that you would get a couple solid building blocks if you're going to trade Brian Reynolds, you know. A guy that's going to be very difficult for you to replace in what was one of the worst offenses in baseball last year anyway, you know. So I really don't know like where I land as far as, um, you know, what I'm tweeting about or what, you know, I mostly tweet sarcastic stuff now, you know, but that doesn't mean I still don't follow the pirates, you know, and I still don't want them to have some success, you know, it's just that I can't count on it, you know, based on what they did in previous seasons, I'm not going to um, tweet about who they might pick up this year in free agency, you know? And I know that it costs me followers, you know, and it costs me retweets and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's just like, if they're not going to go get anybody, why would I pretend that they are, you know? That's the way I look at it there. I mean, um, so I can't really do that, you know? And I just, I think the only thing I can do is just call it how it is, you know? You got a 100-loss team, you have a team heading into the offseason where you don't have enough talent on your minor league teams to even make the Rule 5 draft interesting, you know? I mean, you're going you're gonna to get some guys to improve your team, but you should have a lot more um, talent than you do in your minor league system, you know? So you're not going to try. You're not going to sign anybody this offseason. And you're likely going to be a top three Worst team. Well, they're going to try to be, I think, a top three worst team again next year. 
So I don't know what, you know, what I'm supposed to do here, you know. I guess I should care that I'm losing retweets like Cody gets, but I don't, you know. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make things up. I'm not going to put scenarios out there that aren't going to happen. I'm just going to call it like it is, you know. And basically, this is how I see it. Um, you're heading into a nothing off season. Um, not much is going to happen unless you get rid of Brian Reynolds. And you're probably going to lose a hell of a lot of games again next year. And that's it. You know, that's all I can see coming. Uh, but, you know, we'll follow it. It'll be fun. You know, the Rule 5 draft will be fun because they'll pick up a couple guys that they're going to keep on the roster all year that might be somewhat interesting to watch, you know. I get the Pirate games on MLB TV, you know, so it'll be something to look forward to. But, I mean, also think about this. We're just heading into November, you know. So we got November, December, January, February. We got four months before we even get into spring training, you know. And how excited are we going to be about a Pittsburgh Pirates spring training? So again, man, I'm just doing this podcast. Whatever, com- <coughs> whatever comes to mind, whatever's in the news, that's what I'm going to spew out. And I'll do it as many days as I can, you know. If I feel like I got something to say, then I'll say it. And I'll be searching for an identity, you know. I need an identity heading into next year. And right now, it's a gray area. I don't know where I'm at, you know. But I figure I'll know it when I see it. So enjoy the weekend. It is Friday. Peace out.